Who put their hand up when asked, who wants to be a footballer? I'm Johnny McPhee. This is Play, Train, Grow. Let's find out what happened after you put your hand up. Hello and welcome to Play, Train, Grow, a podcast that asks what's life really like chasing the dream of becoming a professional footballer. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Fraser Currid. We talk about his own personal journey. Now, it's a bit different today. Fraser's a goalkeeper, so I have to have to change it a little bit. Fraser, what's happening, pal? How about you, Johnny? Oh, I'm ready to go. Launch day today. Got you on. Get you up there as soon as I can. So, again, take it away. I right, so, well, long story with me. I actually started off as a striker at my boys' club um, at the age of, I think I was maybe <coughs> seven. Um and that was still an Albion Young Reds that I started off with. And I was never really into football much when I was maybe five years old. It was maybe when I was six. But I started to get into it. My dad started coming out the back garden with me, having a kickabout and stuff like that. But I was never, at that point, I probably never even knew what a goalkeeper was. Um, I was just I was just interested in kicking the ball about in the back garden. Um, and then it was actually one of my my next door neighbours who I already played with, um, still an Albion young lad. You might remember him, Lewis Morrow. I think he was at Alwa for a wee bit. Yeah. Um, so it was he brought me brought me along one night to a training session, um, and I had a couple of training sessions outfield, and then I think maybe after a week and a half of being there, um, they weren't long starting their um their games on a Saturday, the wee seven aside games on a Saturday and they never had a goalkeeper. And uh that old chest. one of the coach. I uh, that one one of the coaches gathered us all in a in a circle and uh, told us the script just saying that we've not got a goalkeeper, would anybody like to go on goals? If you do stick your hand up, me not think anything about it. Stuck my hand straight up in there. I didn't even have a pair of a pair of goalie gloves in and I actually went, I think the first session that I went back to uh, going back as a goalkeeper, I had a pair of winter gloves on, I think. Um, so I it was didn't know anything about goalkeeping at all. Um, and then we got in, we started at around seven years of age, seven, eight years of age. We, um, so when we started our games on a Saturday. And, uh, and to be honest, after maybe six months of play and I still didn't know much about goalkeeping. It was my dad was always just saying we just keep the ball at the back of the net. As you're still told to this day. Um, that's all you need, is it not? Aye, that's it. Keep the ball at the back of the net. You'll be fine. Um, but I still, still didn't know much about goalkeeping. Just throwing myself about, diving all over the place, trying my best to keep the ball out. And uh, I think it was maybe when I was um, just just before I was nine years old, um, Brian Grant from Dundee United contacted my dad to say that um, they were going to have a look at me uh, one of my games, well, a couple of my games, actually. Uh, and then it was when I turned nine years old, Dundee United asked me to come along um, for training. And then I don't think you could sign for the academy until you were 10 years of age. So I was basically there training um, and playing seven-a-sides with them for maybe almost a year. Um, 
before I could actually sign when I was 10 years old on an academy contract. Um, so I was at Dundee United for for 10 years, a uh, very long time. Um, got released there last year when the, during the pandemic. Um, and I was a wee bit worried as to what was going to happen football-wise for myself. Um, but I was thankful enough to be approached by Alwa. Um, and they brought me in on trial for two weeks. And uh, after the two weeks, got offered a contract. Um, and I signed with Alwa and I'm, I'm really happy where I am. And they, they sent me out on loan to the Bonus Juniors. Uh, I think it was maybe around August time last year, or maybe just after that. Um, but with bonus, I never really, I never really got going because obviously they're a junior team and the junior league's been stop start all the time. So it's been a bit annoying that I haven't really been playing any games. But I mean, at the moment, I've been, I've just been training with Alwa because obviously I'm, my loan deal's still active for whenever junior football does go back. Um, so I. Very happy where I'm at the moment. Oh, that's great. And it's uh, COVID has just destroyed everything, hasn't it? And I think it's it's really hard being a goalkeeper. And I know that sounds really daft to say, but so few folk make it through academy football. That's outfield. For me, goalkeeping is without doubt the hardest thing to try and do from 10 to 18. Yeah, well, I... Loads of people have said that to me. They've asked me how, how can, how, why did you want to be a goalkeeper? My answer was, uh, I really don't know. But from the day that I stuck my hand up to go and goals, I've I've loved it ever since. Um, and now I can't, I can't really see it any other way. I don't know if if I did stay outfield, I don't know how my career would have planned out. Um, so I don't know, you could say it's maybe a blessing in disguise that I did stick my hand up to become a goalkeeper, but nah, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, so I... I, think, I just think it's weighed against goalkeepers. Pitch sizes, size of goals, it, I think it's just weighed properly against you. But let's let's talk about your best moments in, in football. What comes to your mind? Uh, I've got quite a lot of good moments I've got. Plenty of games that stick out in my mind from from when I was at United, um, when we transferred over to Aberdeen side. Um, quite a lot of games stick out in my mind for a performance point of view. Um, but I'd probably say one of my proudest moments at the moment in football uh, would be representing the Scottish schoolboys in the Centenary Shield. I think that was maybe three years ago now, actually. Um, that's probably one of my proudest moments in football. Um, and then also making the, the bench for Dundee United's first team when they were in the playoffs against Inverness. The, I think it was the season before they went up. Uh, it was. Um, so I... So give us a... Go and give me a couple of a couple of academy games. You say there's loads. It's great to hear. Just give me a couple of academy games you just pluck out your mind where you were outrageous. Uh, there's two that stand out the most. One of them was uh, one of them was against Celtic actually uh, at Lennox Town. Um, sorry, it wasn't Lennox Town. It was Barrafield where they used to train before they moved to Lennox Town. Um, 
we won three two that day, and I think that's maybe the only time that throughout my career at Dundee United that we've defeated Celtic. Um, and obviously being a Rangers supporter, it was one of the best feelings ever. Um, but it's that, it's that, that one sticks out in my mind just on the day. I think we went, we actually went to, we were 2 0 up at half time. Um, and in the first half, I made, had a couple of saves that I made. Um, and I actually got an assist for one of our goals straight from a goal kick. Um, and just the, the feeling when, when I kicked up the park, to be honest, I probably had the wind on my side that day because the ball went for absolute miles. But um, using the conditions, buddy. Uh, <laughs> um, I we went two 0 up at half time, and we were feeling pretty confident in ourselves. I mean, we were playing really well as a team, um, and usually you get when you come up when you come to places like Celtic and Rangers and stuff like that. Sometimes you shy away. You maybe show them a bit too much respect, but you're always told before the game not to show them too much respect. But some it, it always happens. But um, nah, that that day, um, the performance from everyone in the team was unbelievable. But then when we came out the second half, we kind of started a wee bit sloppy, and they they brought it back to two each. Um, and I think. I think it was near the end, maybe eighty, ninety minutes, that we went went on and got the winner. Um, and I just I remember the feeling when the ball went in the back of the net, just standing up the other end of the park, being on on my own, just kind of watching the ball go in the back of the net. I was I was absolutely buzzing. And then I think well after we scored, we had a good couple of minutes to hold on to the lead. And when the final whistle went, we were all absolutely buzzing. I mean, we had a few Celtic supporters and and uh, our United team as well. I don't, I don't think some of them knew how to feel. They've just defeated their team. But um, for me, no, that was that's one of the ones that stick out the most. Being a Rangers fan and the way the way we all performed that day, um, that was brilliant. So it's interesting when you when you bring club fan because you're still young at this point. You know what you're twelve. Yeah. You're so young, and you're right that you go to the the big teams, you know, with the big badges or the big facilities, and it it can turn you straight away. Um, yeah. So in these games, when you're when you're at your best, what does it look like, and what does it feel like? I think um, when you know when you know that you've 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 made a good a good pass, maybe if it's a clip out to your fullback, or if you've you've made a really good save. Um, or you've came even if it's something like you came for a cross just to relax all your players and stuff like that. It, you feel a sort of not not relief, but um, you feel a lot more relaxed that you've you've been able to pull that pull that off. But also when when you hear if you make a good save and you hear people from the side or your coaches giving you praise, it feels it feels really good. And it especially in a game. If it's early on, maybe in the first fifteen minutes, and you do make a good save or you make a good pass, that kind of settles you down and relaxes you for the for the rest of the game. Um, but not, I, I remember if I ever made if I ever made a good save, and um, I could hear people at the side clapping or coaches giving me praise, then I'd always feel really good about myself. Um, make me feel really well happy for a start. Um, but then it would just make me feel 
a lot more confident for when the game goes goes on. So I often hear from the, the coach and the goalkeeping coach side of it that you need to be vocal, you need to talk. If you're on it, yep. are, are you are you communicating more or is communication something that's always there? I think from from an early age, my, my goalie coach in the academy, Mark McGlucky, he always um he would always go over different kind of kind of commands to shout during games and the meaning of them and stuff. Um and that was always from a, a really early age. And I think once it was drilled into me, it kind of just became second nature. I was sometimes I can't, I can't shut up during a game. Um non-stop talking but there is um, there are certain times where you, you don't really need to say anything if the ball say the ball was up the other end of the park in the opposition's opposition's box you don't you don't really need to to say much when it's up there it's more so well nowadays it's more so organising your defenders telling your midfielders where to go left shoulder right shoulder just simple things like that but you do you do need to be loud and especially if we were under normal circumstances in a stadium full of full of fans, it'd be hard for your own team to hear you. So you do really need to be vocal and boom your voice across across the pitch. So uh, vocals is that's, that's a really really important thing for being a goalkeeper. Sorry, I want to jump back. You said about um, working on commands and then becoming second nature. Give me an example of a couple of the commands. Just if well, simple like turn if you're. You see, you can see that one of your midfielders is picking up the ball. He's got space behind him. Tell him to turn. He turns and it could start an attack for you. Uh, just simple things. Man on, left shoulder, right shoulder for your defenders. Because I mean, if you don't, well, if you don't say anything at all, I mean, you could it could create an opportunity for the opposition. Um, if one of your defenders doesn't know he's got a man behind his shoulder, and you don't say anything. The ball gets played into him. He's through one on one view completing a goal, so I, just, I think I think it's so important. I think I think it is. It helped me that it was drilled into me at such a young age. Um, and I think it's it's a really good thing to to get it into younger goalkeepers' heads. That is really important to communicate on the park as you get older. Anyway, yeah, I like it. Get it in at a young age and. I think that the hard thing from, from my perspective, from the outfield coach's point of view, is that sometimes we don't know if goalies are focused on the game if they're not talking. But with someone like yourself, I knew we are constant chirping away. I knew you were actively involved in it. And what you've said there is brilliant. Like if you tell yeah. a defender right shoulder and stop a run, that takes that 1v1 moment out of your game. Yeah, that's it, exactly. It's less for you to do in a game as well. If you can manage to cut out a, an attack from the opposition just by a few simple words, absolutely. So, I mean, at times you can spend ages without the ball or without seeing the ball, without getting on the ball. Sometimes that's as you've said vocally. Sometimes the team's on top. How do you stay switched on? I think um, if you've not, if you're not really getting anything coming your way. You're not really troubled during the game. I think for me, I just try and stay keep up with the, the just keep up with the game. Obviously, I always I always like to keep a high line, um, and I think just following the game 
if it's being played in, in your opposition's half, falling at side to side, I think that helps me stay focused and just when when you feel like you need to give in commands just to keep keep on your toes and everything like that. I just I just I find it really easy to stay focused in situations like that because I know that at any moment the ball could come over our back our back lines over their heads and then it could be for me to come out and deal with. So I mean you always you always need to stay focused as a goalkeeper because you never know when the game can turn. Um so and then that's that's the thing. If you've if you've not got anything anything at all to do in the game, you've not had a save to make and you're coming towards the end of the game and the opposition maybe get they're on the counter attack and I mean they score from it and you're not you're not focused then no well, it could could maybe cost you the game, you never know, but um you don't know you don't know when a football game could change, it could what, what way it could swing. Um so you always need to be focused and ready for that. No, I love that advice. You're keeping a high line, you're moving with the ball and always expect it. I don't think I don't think I, anyone said it better than that that I've worked with. Simple, clear and really, really obvious. It's, it's really good, really good advice. So what was balance like coming through as an academy player? What did mornings look like? School, straight to training? Did you have a rest? What was it all like? Um, well, for me, living in Stirling, we had the, we trained at Fourth Bank, down at Stirling Albion Stadium. Um, and then obviously you'd get the boys that stayed up towards Dundee who would train in Dundee. And that, in a way, maybe... I'd say maybe affected the kind of the team chemistry because obviously you weren't training with the full squad. Um, you would train, it would be a Monday, I think it was a Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, the academy done. Um, and not training as a, as a whole squad maybe affected it when you came to games on a, on a Saturday or a Sunday. Because um, I remember there was almost every age group that I went through at United, there was always a kind of not that it was it was a bad thing or that nobody liked each other. There was always a split in the change room where all the Stirling boys would maybe sit at one side and the Dundee boys would sit at the other side of the changing room. But I think I think now anyway, I'm not I'm not sure what it's like in the academy at uh, United now, but I think um they they started to send the boys from Stirling through to Dundee for training. So they were all training as one unit. But I mean when I was when I was early, when I was maybe 12, 13, 14, training schedule was Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um and obviously I'd have I'd have school in the school in the morning. And then on a on a Monday school school during the day and then I'd come home, maybe have have something to eat, get changed on the way to training. Um and then that would be the same on, on Wednesday and Thursday, really. But then when I was at um, high school at Wallace High, we had the School of Football. So we were we had a, a period every day, play, uh, basically an, an extra training session, um, which I think helped me in a way as well, because obviously on the days that I wasn't training with United on a Tuesday and a Friday, I was getting a session at my school as well. Um, so I think that really, really helped. Um, but I think I found 
the balance the balance of um of training at an early when I was at United in my early years of being there, I found the balance pretty pretty easy and straightforward. So I was able to fit all my my homework and stuff in on the days that I never had training. On the Tuesdays, Tuesday nights really was my homework night. I would get my homework done on the Tuesday and then I'd have the rest of the week to kinda just relax and enjoy training. Um so now I found the balance pretty pretty easy for me. That's good. Were you were you somebody that rolled out of bed this in the morning, went straight to school, or would you roll out of bed, <laughs> do some workouts, and then go to school? Absolutely not. I'd I'd wake up as late as I could, clothes on, sh- straight to school. I love the lion. Still love a lion. Still love it. No, it's great. It's good to hear that you can get balance, prioritize a night for homework. Being closer to training makes a big help because that takes loads of, it gives you more time back, I should say. So <clears throat> in terms of trying to become a footballer or a goalkeeper, was it easy or was it hard? Um, a, bit, a bit of both, maybe. Um, I think because from a, a really early age in the academy, Lots of things were drilled into me and stuff, and I think that really helped me for when I, I did get to kind of older age groups, under 17s. Um, that's when I started to do day release every Thursday. Um, I would go in, go into the training ground at St Andrews and um, be in that kind of first-team environment to get a taste of it. Um, but I think one thing that's, that's never really been on my side is my height for a goalkeeper. I'm, I say that I'm not. I mean, I'm not the smallest. I, I'm I'm six foot, but I'm not the tallest for a goalkeeper. That you well, goalkeepers that you see nowadays is six foot two, six foot three. Sometimes there's six foot fives in it. Well, at United when I went full time, Big Benji Seagrist and Dennis, they were about, about both about six foot five, six foot six. So, um, it's never it's never really been on my side height. But lots of people have said to me. That height shouldn't really matter if you've got if you've got the ability, um, and that that's one thing for for younger goalkeepers as well. Maybe maybe not from a really young age, but as they get older, if they're if they're never really they've never really got the the height like me. As long as you've got the ability and you do all the small things right, I don't see why you shouldn't have a career in football. Like so, what? What would you say are the small things? What are the things you focus on then? Just all the, the simple techniques and training, just the way you catch the ball, your shape, your body position around the goal, um, position for crosses, just everything, just your technique, really. Every every training session, even nowadays, you always you're always doing it's the same but different. So you're always doing the same. Like I mean, your set's always going to finish with a catch, or or a, or a good save or something. Like that. So you're always doing the same things, but the drills are sometimes different. But you always need to focus on like so the simple things like your hand position when you're catching the ball and stuff. I mean, because if you've got the wrong hand position, you're more likely to to drop the ball. Um, and if you can get, if you can, if you can work on all these things in training. That, that kind of makes it easier for you to take it into a match day where it really matters. 
Yeah, I like that. And you keep using the word simple. That's the most important thing. Just keep yeah. it simple. So how how did you approach sort of winning? Because being a goalkeeper, I mean, you've, you've already talked about your superb assist already. You've got that one in. <laughs> but most of the time, you only really keep the ball out your net, as you've said. That's your focus. Just keep it out of the net. So what, how did you approach winning and how did it affect you? I think... Obviously, you you can't really have an impact of of what goes on up the other end of the park, um, but as long as long as you do as much as you can and do your job for the team, um, then you're kind of really relying on them to to go stick a few in the back of the net for for your team. But I mean, from at an early age, it wasn't so much about winning winning games; and it was more about your development. But obviously, there was that side of competitiveness with other teams and stuff you wanted to win I, I wanted to go in every game and win because I didn't I didn't really like come walking off the park knowing that you've, you've lost a game um, and obviously being a goalkeeper you don't like conceding um, you love keeping a clean sheet which is which is what I try and do as much as I can but as long as as long as you do your job um, I mean if you do enough, then you're hoping for your your strikers to do enough up the other end. But I mean, for the age I am now, it is, it is kind of all about well, not kind of it is all about winning. Um, and you do you do feel kind of rubbish if you walk off the park and you have lost a game, especially if it's an important game that means something. Um, so I, I think every every game is really important. To, to get three points. So if I go back to your, your academy days, and I've already said, I think the game's weighted against you. So you, you've talked about clean sheets and wanting clean sheets. How do you deal with the time when you're smaller and you're growing, where somebody from the edge of the box can stick it in the top corner and you just can't do anything about it? I mean, as I said, there's, there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Um, uh, that's happened to me before a few times when I was I think it was when we made, even when we made the transition to nine aside before we went in eleven aside. Um obviously the goals the goals at nine aside aren't they're they're not the full sized eleven aside goals. But um but then they're, they're obviously bigger than seven aside goals. But even then there was still balls going over the top of me, balls going to the side of me that I couldn't reach and I mean, you're helpless. I mean, there's not much you can do if you if you can't reach it because of because of how tall you are and stuff like that. But you do you do get a well. I remember a few times um, if it's ever happened to me that I've kind of came off the park thinking about it and think you're thinking, oh, was everybody looking at me for that one? even though there was nothing I could have really done about it and stuff like that because I wasn't tall enough, I couldn't reach it. But um, you do, uh, that, uh, you do, as, as, you, as you do get older and you grow, you obviously make a lot more saves to, than what you would have been able to when you were, you were younger and you weren't as tall as that. So, I mean, advice for anybody that's, that's a young goalkeeper and, Maybe the age of fourteen, fifteen, you don't feel as though you're you're tall enough or whatever, and you're 
you know, letting goals past you that you're not able to reach and stuff, I'd say don't worry about it because at that age, it's more about your development. It doesn't really matter. You are going to grow. It's more so when you get you get older and if you can keep it out when, when it does really matter, then that's, that's all that should should really matter to you. I like that. Just focus on on when when it actually when it matters to you. When it's when you can reach it. When you can have an impact. And another part of the game, I think that that's weighed against you is just goal kicks. Yeah. So, how did you deal with the pressure of having to take goal kicker? You know, when you said you scored an assist, it was with a wind. So, likelihood is that the Celtic goalie is in the opposite situation where he's trying to pass it, and the wind's working against him. Yeah. How can you continue to keep passing out from the back when you're being pressed high and it's difficult to get the ball up to halfway at times? Um, I think, well, from again, from a, from a really early age at United, they always they wanted us to play out from the back as much as we could, never, never just shell the ball long and hope for the best. Um, and then as, as you get older, up to 11 aside, I mean, it's not always on to play out from the back, so you do need to go long. And I mean, my, when we first went to 11 aside, I, I was, I was never really able to, to reach the halfway line with my kicking. So I kind of really didn't have a choice other than to play out from the back. But if you're getting, if you're getting pressed high and things like that, you do, I mean, I remember, I remember there was a few times it just sticks out in my mind. Um, I think we were playing Rangers once at Murray Park and they pressed us really high. This was under 15s maybe. Um, they were pressing us really high. The ball was coming towards me almost every minute of the game. Um, and I, I did have a lot of goal kicks to take in that game. And I kind of, I was really, I was really nervous after my first goal kick because I think we struggled. We struggled to play out. We did try and play it, but we struggled with it. So I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this the full game. And uh, my kicking from ground wasn't wasn't the best um, at that age. Um, so I think I think well, I think for after maybe four or five goal kicks of trying to play out from the back, I think I did just try and shell as far and as hard as I could, but. Even at that, the ball was still coming straight back to me and things like that. But um, as I got older, to maybe under 17s and then under 18s, my kicking was... I mean, I could kick it. I, well, I can kick the ball well over the halfway line now. Um, and I think that's another thing that just develops over the over the years as you get older. Um, so obviously your legs aren't fully developed and stuff like that. But um, nah, just... Everything for for younger goalkeepers. Yeah, I mean you don't you don't properly stop growing until you're developing until you're maybe twenty one, twenty two. So I've I've still well, hopefully I've still got another year of growing in me. Um, but nah, just for for all the for all the younger goalkeepers, there's there's plenty of plenty of years for you to fully develop. And if you if you feel as though your your kick your kicking's not reaching anywhere near halfway line or whatever you'd like the ball to go it'll, it'll come but I mean lots of squats in the gym will help that as well <laughs> speaking from experience it's such a difficult thing because I mean I've stood on the sidelines at 12s and 13s games 
and I'll, I'll say talk to you or the goalie at the time and I'll you know we'll focus on what you've already said so if you can reach it you're in control of it if you can't you have to just let it go but it's easy for me yeah. to do that it, it's really difficult yeah. to get that message over and on the flip side it's the same passing the ball out from the back you know yeah. a half and a full back can just kick it out for a throw in whereas you, if you just went and kicked it out for a throw in it would yeah. a totally different reaction yeah you'd feel like you'd have everybody watching you so, how, so. How, do you, how do you just keep going through that is it just a case of I will eventually get there or have you got a little coping strategy that allows you to deal with that pressure I think um, so the, co- well, the, co- the coaches that I had at the time they would obviously known that I'm not able to to kick the ball very far at the age that I was. Um, but I think it was just more of what they, they said. I, I've I've been told a few times like when when stuff like that's happened that matters just to keep going and just keep trying kicking kicking the ball as hard and as far as I could in those situations um, and knowing that it'll it will eventually happen one day where I'm able to kick the ball as, as far as I want it to go. Um, now, the coping mechanism for me was really just to to keep going because I knew in the back of my mind it would it would happen eventually as I as I got older and as I said, it's all about development. So, oh, I love it. Just believe you're going to get there and keep going. I love it. Right now, it's your turn. Flip it. Striker makes a mistake, midfielder makes a mistake, fullback keeps the ball away, through one on one, and they score. You've got nothing to do. What is it like when it flips and they slaughter you for making a mistake? Go and have a go at the, the outfield players here. I mean, that's happened plenty of times for me. Um, <laughs> loads of times, to be honest. Uh, but I've, I've kind of lost the plot with a few of my players, if it's strikers, midfielders, or defenders. But I mean, you don't what you don't really you don't really hear it coming from anybody else on the park if it's say if it's a striker that, that misses a one on one perfect opportunity for you to go one nil up or whatever. Say it was last five minutes of the game and then the other team go up the park and you make a mistake, then you've got everybody on your case. And I mean you just you you just can't really say anything back after it's 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 done because You'll, everybody will be thinking you're trying to stick the blame on somebody else when you've made a big mistake but I mean in, in the moment if a striker's missed a, a glorious opportunity to put your team one nil up I mean I think you do really need to cane them for it because it's their job to score goals and if they're, if they're not doing that then I mean what else can you do but nah um, if it's up your end and, and you make a mistake that's that I mean it's cost your team a win or if you draw the game or even lose the game you do you do, you do feel like there's every, everybody's everybody's watching you and everybody will remember you for that mistake or, or even if you've you've had an unbelievable game and you've, you've made so many saves you've came for every cross you've the distribution's been brilliant but then you make one mistake that's what you're remembered for you're not remembered for the all the saves that you've made and everything. You're remembered for that mistake. So there is that kind of pressure with with being a goalkeeper. But um, I've 
as I said, I've not I've not played for a while because the junior leagues have been on and off. But I mean, I think oh, when if I ever did make a mistake, I've I've made I've made plenty of mistakes and in, in my time it happens. Um, but it's but not I do, I do remember these ones. Let's keep back. Go back to just slaughtering the strikers, pal. Makes me <laughs> start having a go at these hypocrites that aren't putting the ball. Play. Oh no. Uh, even even in even in training now, if with Alwa, if 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 we go into small sided games, not you don't even need to make a mistake. If if the other team score a good goal and there's nothing you can do about it, you're still gonna get a money wee striker that turns around and says something to you. So there's there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But I mean, I'm I'm, I'm one tackle. Come on, just take me on one v one. Give me a chance. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've I've kind of got used to all the the things that I've if anyone's ever been said to me from making a mistake when I was younger or anything like that. I've kind of been able to. I'm at the age now. I'm kind of able to deal with it. And no, but there is a there is a there's pressure on you not to make a mistake again, the same mistake again. But I mean, I think I'm I'm old enough and mature enough to to know how to deal with with all that. And and it's I think it's up to everyone. In, in terms of, of when you're younger, coaches just have to accept these things are going to happen and we have to build trust. And if it happens, we just we just move on. But I think it's the whole team has to take more responsibility because I definitely feel there's times when goalies can get isolated. And when yeah. you're standing on your own and every other player's up the other half, you can see it physically a lot of times. And you know, Brave on you for doing it, that's for sure. But... Uh, <laughs> As we move on, did were you ever injured at any point? Did you ever struggle with anything? Um, I, I did. I've had I've had quite a few injuries, to be honest. Um, I remember my first my first proper one that sticks out in my mind. It was uh, Osgood Slatters, so it's kind of a, a growing pain in your knees. Um, I think that was oh, it was a, I think it was maybe fourteen, fifteen when I had that. Um, and I mean, if you can you can get it and you can play through it and stuff, it's different for for other people. But I I wasn't able to to play with it, so I think I was out for a good three months with that before I could start training again. Um, but I mean, that thing that those things are, are normal when you're at that age and you're growing and stuff like that. Um, so there's nothing you can really do about that. But um, as as I went full time with United, um. I did have quite a few injuries. Obviously, you're, you're training a lot more frequently every, every single day um, than what you were in the academy from three times a week to, to five times a week, sometimes six times a week, and then obviously a game as well. Um, so you're more likely to, to pick up injuries. Um, and I've had I've had a few injuries. There was there was a time where, in fact, it was only, only last season, actually, um, I was quite unlucky last year actually because I was in hospital with glandular fever, um, so I was off football for a good a good bit with that. And then when I came back, um, I'd hadn't broke my thumb, but I'd done something to my thumb, and it was it was agony. But I was just told just strap it up, training, just do what you can and training and stuff like that. And I did that for a couple of weeks, and then one time in training. Just the way that the balls hit hit the same thumb, it's 
and my, my thumbs went again, but it was 10 times more painful than what it was the first time. So, I mean, but obviously you're going to get that being a goalkeeper, um, injury to your fingers and stuff like that. But no, I was, that that was, um, I think that was maybe, maybe late January last year. And then obviously the shutdown was in March. So January was the last time that I'd trained with um, Dundee United. It turns out it was the last time I'd ever trained with Dundee United. So, it was, it was, it wasn't, it was, well, a wee bit upsetting, but I mean, it's not, not much anybody could have done because, I mean, the shutdown was, was nobody's fault, obviously. So, yeah, injuries. Dealing with that is difficult, isn't it? When you're, when you're used to doing it every day and then all of a sudden you don't have it, it it's gone. So, all of a sudden, it, you know, you've, you've dealt with these injuries. Was there anything that, that you learned from the injuries that you then used when you got released in terms of just uh, focus or trying to keep yourself busy, <clears throat> anything like that? I think um, obviously when I when I came back from back to training from um, being in the hospital with glandular fever, um, the, the hospital did say that you're you're going to feel tired for absolutely ages. It's a normal thing that side effect that happens with. Um, glandular fever but I mean obviously I wasn't allowed to, to do any physical training um, with a ball or anything like that so I was in the gym for maybe three three weeks three four weeks and after the first week I was I, I, I just couldn't be bothered with it it kind of plays a, a part in your on the mental side of things you're doing the same thing in the gym every day and then that's you finish for the day. You just you just want to be you're itching at the bit to get back out and training again properly. And I mean, I think for for me, I would always just say to myself, you, you are gonna get back to training very soon. Just stick at it and keep going. And then also think about how how fit you're gonna be when you come back after being in the gym for so long. Um, and obviously, being a goalkeeper, you're not, you're never really involved in anything, uh, anything the outfielders are doing, like running wise. You don't, you don't need a good stamina. But I think, I think for, for 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 me anyway, I always like keeping myself really fit, um, and having a good stamina, going out for for a run or whatever when I can, because it's a good thing to have. And when I was in the gym. I was always I was doing a bit in the treadmill and stuff like that before I would go through and do weights and stuff. So I always wanted to keep myself really fit for when for when I did come back from from any injury that it looked like I was I wasn't I wasn't even injured. I like that. So try and stay fit and then the exercise keeps you in a reasonably positive frame of mind. That's really good. So yeah. you've said something there which is kind of twigged something in me. Um, what was it like? being part of a group but not being part of a group because the goalies always do their bit on their own and then they come back in again. So yeah. how was that as well? It's just something that's come into my head that I was thinking I'd ask you about. I mean, when when you're injured, you usually, you usually head over to the gym um, a week, maybe 15 minutes after training's actually started. Um, and at St Andrews, you'd, you'd need to walk across all the training pitches to get to the gym. So I had to walk past the goalkeepers training every single day I went to the gym and just seeing them all having a laugh and stuff in training you do you do feel really left out so obviously that's your 
your group, your your GK union, as you as you like to call it. But um, um, no, you do you do feel left out. Um, but I think in a way that can kind of motivate you a bit more to try and get back to full fitness when the time's right. Well, as quick as you can, but when the time's right. Um, what well, was for me anyway? That kind of motivated me. Um, but then there's there there is there is some weeks where if you are if you are fully fit in your training week in week out, there is some weeks where you don't you, you don't feel physically up for training, or you're you're really tired or whatever. So well, obviously it was early starts and things like that. But I mean, when you when you're injured for a for a certain period of time and you go back to training. You kind of take all those days for granted where, where you don't feel up for training because when I came back from injuries, I, that's when I really realised how much I, I missed actually training with the goalkeepers and stuff like that. So, yeah. No, I like that. It's it's good that you've used it and I've talked to a couple of the boys now who have struggled with injuries and, and, and they have to find ways to keep that motivation and just hearing that you have to literally walk past your pals to go to the gym to walk back again. I mean, it must it must just burst the balloon. So being yeah. able being able to rephrase that and turn it into a motivation is great advice, and it's certainly something that, that anyone can use. So on the same subject, what's it like uh, managing your emotions? Because I'm thinking that being a goalie, there's a high, then there's a low, then there's a high, then there's a low. You know, all of a sudden you're involved, you're making saves, you're making passes, and then you're, you're dropping back down again. So so how did you kind of try and manage yourself to stay as even as possible? Um, not too sure about that one, actually. I think, um, I mean, when I, I love it when you've got, when, when I've got loads of things to do saving, keeping the ball at the net and stuff. I absolutely love it. But then I also love the side of things when you are really quiet, like you've not got anything to do, but you're always talking and stuff like you've got like even when you've not got something to do, you have got something to do as a goalkeeper, if that makes sense. Um but I think dealing with the kind of highs and lows of of that I think when, because it kind of, well, in training, it kind of helped me because we were training every day. You were always, there wasn't a day where you weren't not busy. I mean, you were always, you were always doing things and stuff like that. And then if you, you come to a game, usually, well, with under 18s at, at United, we would train Monday, Tuesday, off Wednesday, train Thursday, then it would be game Friday. And then sometimes we'd be in on the Sunday. If, if you were training, like during training Monday, Tuesday and Thursday, I mean, you'd always be really busy and stuff like that, going over things for the game, you'd always have something to do. And then if it came to the game on the Friday and you had nothing to do, then I wouldn't be, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be overly bothered about it because you know you've, I mean, you've done your job, whether you've had things to do or not. Um, but you always know that you've got, you've got training to look forward to on the Sunday or the Monday when you're back at it, where you know you'll be busy again. Um, and then obviously the game the following week after that, where you could be, you could be, you could have nine saves during the game, which you, you never usually get. But 
I think um, I was able to deal with things like that pretty easily because I knew that I would always be busy in training. I like that because, you, you know, you referenced in bits from earlier on about, you know, you don't get too high and too low because you love all of it. So that's for me how you've done it because you're always involved, you've stayed involved and because you've learned to love the whole pitch, not just the sort of saving and being involved bit, that, that keeps you on that level. No, it's, that's great advice. Hadn't really thought of it that way. It's as an outfield coach in inverted commas, it's, oh, it's really good. So, what what was it like walking into that first team environment to start off with? And, uh, uh, how did you feel? Very nervous. Very nervous. I mean, even, well, obviously my first taste of it was, was in day release on a Thursday before I was even full-time. Um, and obviously being that being my first time in a full-time environment, I was, I was absolutely bricking it, to be honest. Yeah. Didn't know what to expect. Um, even when you go up for your lunch uh, after your most of the time when we were in on a Thursday, it was a for day release. It was a double session, so you'd be out in the morning up for your lunch and then back out in the afternoon for training. But even when you went up for your lunch, not being a a proper full time player, still being in the academy, you you don't know what to do. You don't know where to sit. You don't know who to talk to. So. Um, but I mean, when when I when I did get offered a full time contract and I did go full time, um, I was still I was I was still I was still nervous um, when I first went. But after after I kind of settled in, I mean, you were able to go up to have your lunch. You could have a laugh with whoever it was. You sit anywhere, get along with everybody in training and stuff like that. Um, so I think I, I settled in a, a full time environment pretty well. Um, and obviously I was staying in the digs as well up in Dundee. Um, but sometimes it was a bit, it did get a bit boring because, I mean, there wasn't an awful lot to do. Like, so I, I never, well, to be honest, none of the boys never really went out after training because we were always shattered. We'd always go for maybe a wee, a wee sleep or something that before dinner. Um, but then there was, most of the time, there was football on at, at night. So we'd all sit in the living room and watch the football. So it was all a good laugh and I think I settled in it fairly fairly well and quickly so and that's that's one thing I do miss about United was the digs and the crack that was going on in the digs with all the boys and stuff but uh, it's a great life isn't it being, being around a bunch of folk your own age having loads of fun uh, <laughs> so what's um, during, during any of these times and, and I'm, I'm hearing this nervousness as you walk in were you given any advice at that point did the, the old goalkeepers union save your spot at a table or um, I mean, well, when you went out to train, um, when it was kind of, when I was on day release, the goalkeeper course was a uh, shooty garden, and he he always told me just to, just just be yourself, just do what you can. Don't worry if if you make any mistakes and stuff. You're here to learn. Even though I was under seventeens, getting a bit older, I was still there to learn. So obviously, it was in a full time environment, which I'd never been in before. Um, and then when I, when I did go full-time, obviously it was Neil Alexander who was my goalie coach. Um, and obviously with the career he's had, um, I took a lot of advice off of him. Um, and the, the first the first time that I was introduced to him, first day of training, he was just like, be yourself. Um, you're here to impress me. Things like that. So I just done as much as I could. Um and then when you went up for lunch, I mean, you weren't, you had to wait until the first team had actually ate their lunch and they had all cleared the, 
the canteen before the reserves could go up. So I'd be sit, I'd be sitting with um, most of the boys that were that were my age anyway. So I did feel a lot more comfortable. But even even if I was sat with up with the first team, uh, if there was there was the odd occasion where the goalkeepers maybe finished early. Um, and the first team players were already up eating their lunch and we'd finished early and myself and the other younger goalie, um, that he, he was a year older than me, we'd go up for lunch and sit with the first team but they were really easy to get on with, um, easy to talk to and a good laugh as well so I found it fairly fairly straightforward the more I, the more I settled into it. But. Just those initial initial nerves, they easily go away. I love it so much. <clears throat> What, go and give us, you've given us loads of advice for young goalies and just young players coming through. Give us give us something. You've said, you know, that Neil would say, be yourself. So did you did you create anything? Did you say anything to yourself as you went out to training to relax you? Or is there any other, like, phrases or sentences you remember? Um, I'd never really say anything to myself. But, I mean, before I went, because, because we were... Obviously, the reserves. We there's loads of jobs you need to do in the morning and stuff like clean the first team players' boots from the day before, um, take all the equipment out to training and stuff like that. But even once you've you've done all that, you've still got another. Most of the time, it was another hour to kill before you actually went out to train. So I, in that time, I would probably I'd, we would all sit in the change room. But I'd just kind of sit there. We'd all be chilled out, sitting on our phones, having a laugh, and I think that that kind of just relaxed me for. For training itself, um, and that's that's what I, that's what I've done pretty much every single day. Because the first the first week of being full time, um, I was still settling into the kind of change room. Even though I knew most of the boys, I was still settling into the change room. Um, but after that, um, got into the routine of just going in, getting changed, doing the jobs, and then sitting and chilling for however long it was until training I always walked out the the door very relaxed and I was always looking forward to training so oh, I like it just do your own thing I absolutely love it so you're now into the, the part-time environment so how did that change for you kind of mentally and, and how did you fill your time that I know that Covid's had a huge impact on that too but when you did get the chance to go out and train how was it going from you know Literally morning and afternoon to evenings. It was uh, well, it's very, it's very different. Um, to be honest, I'm probably I'm probably still getting used to it now, um, and that's we're not far away from the the season being completed. But um, I think there was a obviously there was a big a big gap um, of where there was no football at all um, last year. And when I found out that I was I was getting released off United, um, as I said earlier on, I was a wee bit worried as to what was going to happen, um, football wise. Um, but I mean, I got I was contacted by Neil Alexander, all my coaches at United. Um, that they were they were just reassuring me that something will happen. Um, that I had I had the the talent and everything. Um, and I didn't need to worry about it. And then um, I kind of had a feeling that I knew I wouldn't maybe wouldn't be able to get something full time straight away because obviously of the, the current situation, not a lot of clubs were 
we're looking to sign new players. Obviously, they they had to watch their budgets and things like that with with no income and things coming in because of COVID. But um, I was lucky enough to get offered a trial um, at Alloa, and uh, as soon as soon as I went there, I mean, it's part time, but it, it doesn't when when you're there, it doesn't feel like they're a part time team. Um, just everything, everything about the club, uh, the way you're treated in the club, the the professionalism within the club, it feels like you you are in a full time environment, um, and all the boys as well, uh, Alwa, they were all brilliant at getting to know me and stuff like that. When I first came in, um, they'd never leave you out of anything, and a good laugh as well. But I mean, train. I'm only training Tuesdays and Thursdays. So obviously it is a very big difference from training full-time every single day. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't it doesn't feel like an awful an awful lot of training because you're only training twice a week for two hours a training session. Um but I mean it's it's just something that you've that you that you have to adapt to and then obviously Getting a, a job alongside my dad as well. That's kind. That's kind of filled up the days for me. It's not like I'm working Monday, training, training Tuesday, and then Wednesday there's no work and I'm sitting doing nothing. I'm always, I'm always doing something, um, which probably plays a big, a big part mentally as well. Because if you're sitting doing absolutely nothing all day, it can, it can affect you, um, and especially with what the the weather was like not so long ago. Um, just over January. Oh, the... oh, I know. Um, nah, it's, if you're doing nothing and the weather's not too great, I mean, it doesn't really help help your mood or things like that. But I mean, I think um, I'm, I'm, I've, I've, I've relatively settled in well with Alawa um, and I'm really, really happy with the way things are going. Um, and obviously I was on loan to um, Bonus Juniors, but I never really, never really got going because of the stop start with junior leagues. Um, we did, we did play maybe, I'd say six pre-season friendly games, um, and then when the league got to go ahead, <coughs> the end of November, start of December, I think we only played three or four games. And then it got shut down again. So quite annoying that the the actual competitive league never really got up and running, but it's not so not much you can you can really do about it. But now I'm very happy with I'm Allah. That's excellent, and yeah, COVID hopefully looks like it's coming to an end and we can get back out. Fraser, thank you very much for for sharing it. It is a different world being a goalie to being an outfield player, that's for sure. And uh, thank you very much for coming on and being so honest. Thanks very much, Johnny. It's been great. That's it for another episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You can get me on Twitter at PlayTrainGrow. You can email PlayTrainGrow at gmail.com. This is a new thing for me and for those involved. I'd love some feedback. If there's any other areas you'd like covered, any other topics you'd like to discuss, just let me know. Thank you and goodbye.